0: Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the come follow me curriculum for that week that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home, or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode.
1: All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion podcast. I'm really hoping to get through today's without a coughing fit like I did yesterday. As I was preparing for today, I was reviewing Acts chapter one chapter two. and this is the events that occurred during uh, the Feast of Pentecost when tons of tons of Jews from all over the world, different countries, different areas, all came to Jerusalem. And I was I couldn't find a way. I couldn't figure out a way to fit it all in. There's just so much that happens and so much I wanted to talk about from Acts chapter two. So I decided to do something that I haven't done yet in the podcast. I mean, we're what 80, let's see, this is episode 86, which by the way, you can get all the links and there's going to be quite a few in this episode at everydayconversion.com forward slash zero eight six. So we're through 86 episodes, this is the 86th one. Actually, it's the 87th if you count the first one. And I've never done this before, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break this episode up into three parts. It's going to be a three-part series on Pentecost, on this event of the Feast of the Pentecost that's described in Acts chapter 2. So this is part one. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost and the gift of tongues. So the Savior, just before his ascension into heaven in Acts chapter 1, promised the apostles something. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So his very last thing he says, because it says when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. So the very last thing he says is, look, you're going to receive power and it's going to be the gift of the Holy Ghost. And even prior to the Savior's crucifixion, he talked often about the gift of the Holy Ghost, and he promised them that it would come. And I just want to share a few of the things that he said, and I know we've talked about some of these, and you've studied them in past weeks, and come follow me. But in John 14, 16, he says, "'I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever.'" And in 14.26, it says, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And then, jumping over to John 15.26, it says, When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, he shall testify of me. And then in sixteen. Verses seven and eight, it says, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. And finally, one last one. I know this is a lot, but I'm I'm making a point here. They were looking forward to this. Um, In 16, verse 13, it says, When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. So, in the last episode, in episode 85, which I have a link to in the show notes, but you can also get to by going to everydayconversion.com forward slash zero eight five, we talk about the fact that, you know, it doesn't explicitly say this, but I have no doubt that Peter had been taught his duties and his responsibilities as president of the church, as prophet, by the Savior while the Savior was on the earth. I, I, I have no doubt that there were times that he had taken Peter aside, sat down with him, and explained to him his roles and his responsibilities. And I guarantee you, I can tell you this because I've felt this way with callings, and I've never had a calling like being a prophet, obviously, but I guarantee you that no one hoped and prayed for the gift of the Holy Ghost more than Peter did himself and the rest of the apostles. I can tell you from my own experiences that I've had many times in different callings where I pled with Heavenly Father in prayer to have the Spirit with me. I pled, I pleaded, I, I begged to have the Spirit with me because I felt so overwhelmed in my calling. Now, if I felt that way with the callings that I have had, some people would say were larger, Some not so large, but I still felt completely out of my depth. I felt like I wasn't able to do what I needed to do. Then, surely, Peter, the prophet of the church in the meridian of time, following the prophet, the savior, you know, leading the church after Christ, certainly he felt the need for the Holy Ghost. And I have no doubt that he prayed and he pled for this Holy Ghost to come, especially after watching the Savior ascend into heaven, leaving them after teaching, him for, teaching them um, for 40 days following his, his crucifixion and resurrection. I have no doubt that he and the rest of the apostles pled and pled and pled and begged Heavenly Father for the Holy Ghost to be poured out upon them, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost so that they would have that help that the Savior had promised over and over again, before his crucifixion and after his crucifixion. And no doubt, you know, one of the reasons they needed it was because they understood, you know, and and in Acts 1, you know, it says that, you know, they'll receive power and they'll receive the Holy Ghost. Why did they need to receive it? Because they had to be witnesses of Christ, not just in Jerusalem, Not just in Judea, not just in Samaria, but to the uttermost part of the earth. What an overwhelming and terrifying call that must have been for them and is for apostles today, I'm sure. But it made me think of Doctrine and Covenants 50 in verse 17 where it says, "Um, "...he that is ordained of me and sent forth to preach the word of truth by the Comforter..." In the spirit of truth, doth he preach it by the spirit of truth or some other way? And if it be by some other way, it is not of God. So if you don't teach by the spirit, you are not teaching of God. It says, he that receiveth the word of truth, doth he receive it by the spirit of truth or some other way? If it be some other way, it is not of God. Now, those words were spoken by by the Savior in, you know, the 1800s. Um, Let me see exactly when Doctrine and Covenants 50 was given. Uh, 1831, Uh, so, you know, 1800 years following, uh, you know, give or take a year or two following when Peter is praying for the Spirit, but he had been taught these same truths, and he understood that the only way that he and the other apostles could teach the gospel was through the Holy Ghost. So again, they pled, and they pleaded, and they begged without ceasing, I imagine, that the Holy Ghost be poured out upon them. And then we come to Acts chapter 2, where it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, which I think is important. Um, I just picked up on that now. I didn't even have that in my notes. They were all of one accord in one place. They were all of the same mind. They were all there for the same reasons. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, or there were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, to jump back here, you know, in in the Come Follow Me manual for this week, it talks about how. you know, during the Feast of the Pentecost, like it says, there were Jews from many nations, and they didn't all speak the same language, but they were there. And it says in verse 6, when there was noise abroad, the multitude came together, they were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. And then they list a bunch of them, you know, Parthians and Medes and El- Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and a bunch that I can't <laughs> pronounce, so I'm not going to. Uh, Cretes, Arabians, Ar- Arabians, and, you know, it says, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, saying to one another, what meaneth this? And I think it's important to point out You know i i was i was studying looking into this and joseph smith said something um, about the gift of tongues he said um, in teachings of the prophet joseph smith it says the gift of tongues by the power of the holy ghost in the church is for the benefit of the servants of god to preach to unbelievers as on the day of pentecost and then in another place he said Be not so curious about tongues. Do not speak in tongues, except there be an interpreter present. The ultimate design of tongues is to speak to foreigners, and if persons are very anxious to display their intelligence, let them speak to such in their own tongues, that is, in the tongues of the foreigners. And his point was, the gift of tongues had... it has a very specific application. It's not just to amaze people. It's not just to say, oh, wow, the the Spirit's here. We're talking in some language that nobody understands. It's It's a very practical use. And that use is to teach the gospel, to preach the gospel. The gift of tongues was poured out on the day of Pentecost because there were people from every nation under heaven, Acts says. That's why they had the gift of tongues. It wasn't just to amaze people. It wasn't some circus trick or parlor trick or magic show. It wasn't some gibberish that nobody understood. They were speaking in actual languages because they needed to to teach the gospel. Their responsibility was to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth And to do that, the Lord saw fit to provide them with the gift of tongues on the day of Pentecost. And I think that's important for us to remember that that's the purpose of it. It wasn't just random. There was a reason for this gift to be poured out. There was a reason for that gift of the Spirit. And I think there's a reason for all gifts of the Spirit. And all of them are to further the work of the Lord, to to allow us to teach the gospel, to allow us to help others to come closer to Christ. But I think it's also interesting. I wanted to share this with you. I think many of us have heard this, maybe not everybody, so I'm going to share it, but an eerily similar experience happened in 1836 at the dedicatory service of the Kirtland Temple. Um, Bruce R. McConkie says, for a period of weeks, the visions of eternity were open to many. Angels visited in the congregation of the saints. The Lord himself was seen by many, and tongues and prophecy were multiplied. That's from the history of the church. Um, And then on Sunday, March 27th, during the dedicatory service, um, this is what is written in the history of the church. And uh, Bruce R. McConkie says, It's an almost exact repetition of the events of the New Testament day of Pentecost. Quote, Brother George A. Smith arose and began to prophesy, the prophet recorded, When a noise was heard like the sound of a rushing mighty wind, which filled the temple, and all the congregation simultaneously arose, being moved upon by an invisible power, many began to speak in tongues and prophecy. Others saw glorious visions, and I beheld the temple was filled with angels, which fact I declared to the congregation. The people of the neighborhood came running together, hearing an unusual sound within, and seeing a bright light like a pillar of fire resting upon the temple. And we're astonished at what was taking place, and I share that because, you know, we can sometimes think that the Day of Pentecost was this once in a lifetime thing that never ever happened ever again, and it's not. You know, it happened again in this dispensation. But also, if you go to verse thirteen in in Acts chapter two, I think there's an interesting phrase, and we'll talk about this more in 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 the second and third parts of this series. But verse 13 says, you know, well, in verse 12, it says, they were. I I read this to you already. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? So they're like, wow, why, why is this happening? This is so amazing. And then it says, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. So even on the day of Pentecost, you know, what we hold up is one of the most unbelievable spiritual experiences that we have recorded. There were naysayers. There were people that doubted. You know, these guys are, you know, all these, they're watching all these people speaking in tongues and, and rejoicing and and being overwhelmed. And, you know, no doubt the apostles were overcome with joy because this event that they had prayed for and begged for and pleaded for finally happened. You know, this, the Holy Ghost had come and it allowed them to teach the gospel. And even then, there were those that said, Oh, they're just all drunk. They're just a bunch of drunks. They've been drinking. That's what's going on. So it's no different. It's always been the same. But um, it just really made me laugh uh, reading that. And we'll talk about that in the upcoming episodes. So two questions for you today. Two and a half. I think I think the second one is a part A and a part B kind of. But number one, what is the purpose of the gift of tongues? And really, what is the purpose of all the gifts of the Spirit? And number two, how would you have felt if you had been there when the Holy Ghost descended on that meeting and tying into that question have you been in a meeting where you felt the spirit come in a powerful manner real quick i'll tell you a story of mine just a few weeks ago we were in gospel doctrine and uh, brother Gwyn, the teacher got up and he asked us to share what we learned from i can't remember exactly what the question was it was like what, what we, how, we, how we witnessed or recognized the love of Christ in the Gospels as we'd been studying from the beginning of the year. And as people started sharing their experiences and what they had learned and what they had felt and what they had, um, had impressed upon them um, and how they'd felt the love of the Savior, you know, some said you know, by them healing people. Some said by the teachings. Some said by them reaching out to others. I think I shared that, you know, I I noticed it and recognized it when um, Christ um, performed a healing or a miracle for someone who was petitioning on behalf of somebody else. So like the the you know the father um, whose son was was taken by a devil or um, Jairus's daughter. You know, when Jairus comes and asks them help, and as we we're sharing those, I just felt this unbelievably powerful, strong spirit. Um, just this testimony that just overcame me um, as we were talking about that. And So that was one for me. So the two questions again. What is the purpose of the gift of tongues and all gifts of the Spirit? And number two, part A, how would you have felt if you had been, been there when the Holy Ghost descended on the meeting? And part B of that, have you been in a meeting where you felt the Spirit come in a powerful manner? So as a reminder, this is part one of a three-part series on the day of Pentecost. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about—I'm going to give you a hint. I'm not going to tell you exactly what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about the secret to powerful teaching, and it comes from Acts chapter 2. So come back tomorrow, um, episode 87. We'll be talking about that. You can get all the links to everything we talked about today um, at, at everydayconversion.com forward slash 086, and we will see you for part two again tomorrow in episode 87.
0: All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. i But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.